help and hope for your marriage, next on Abounding Grace. Families don't need to be in disarray, church. Your family doesn't need to be in disarray. It doesn't need to be divided. It doesn't have to be dissolved or end in divorce. Husbands, you can lead your family by loving your wife. That's where it starts, by leading your home. And wives, your role is to submit to your husbands as to the Lord. And your choice of willful and loving submission is an act of worship toward Jesus and obedience to his word and truly a gift to your husband. This is amazing grace. Husbands are to love their wives as Christ loved the church. But what does that mean in practical terms? We're about to find out on Abounding Grace as we take a look at what God has called the husbands to do and be. We're currently in the midst of Pastor Ed's series, Family Matters. Guys, I think you'll find the study very helpful and encouraging. Ephesians 5 is the place to be. And with much to cover, let's get right into the study now. Take your Bibles, open them, would you, to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. We're learning from God's Word what His heart and design is for the family. We're calling this series Family Matters. And the title of our message today is Husbands Matter. Husbands Matter. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25, it says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave Himself for her, that He might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present to her himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as the Lord does the church. For we are his members, or we are members of his body, of his flesh and his bones. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Verse 32. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each one of you in particular so love his own wife as himself, And let the wife see that she respects her husband. Now, if you did look and read ahead in the text, you'll notice that wives got about this much space in the Bible, and husbands got about this much space. And husbands have something repetitively told to them over and over again. Because things change over time. And marriages change. And if we're not carefully investing in our marriage, our homes that were once filled with love and passion and excitement become cold, crusty, and very difficult to live in. 
Marriage, we've learned, is something that requires constant love and attention. And it demands flexibility, forgiveness, and fortitude. Marriage requires a husband that's leading his wife, seeking the Lord for the care and concern of his home. But unfortunately, as I continue to survey the body of Christ, I've come across way too many men, too many husbands, who simply give up and abandon the leadership and headship of their homes. Just recently, one more time, Marie and I have learned of another divorce in our church, or at least in the early stages. And I have to say, it makes me sad, and it makes me angry, because more and more people are just giving up on their marriage, just signing the papers. And I believe God has given me a word, the way it all went down this week, I think God's given me a word for you to fight for your marriage. I believe it's time for you to fight for your marriage. If you are the one serving the papers, take them back. And if you're the one that received the papers, don't sign them. That's a question that comes in a lot to Calvary Live. I've just been served with papers, Pastor Ed. What am I supposed to do? Don't do anything. Pray. You're not under any obligation to sign those paperwork. You're not under any obligation to go through the process. Wait it out and allow the Holy Spirit to do a work in your life. I recognize that things are not always what they need to be and sin has destroyed and hardened hearts beyond repair. But we don't know yet how hard your heart is. We don't know. And it's unfortunate that for a variety of reasons, divorce is increasing all the more. And it's just sad. It ticks me off, the enemy taking out another family. You know, you just think, well, you know, this is the best thing for us. Man, it's going to be so many consequences and pain. I don't even know how to describe it for you. It's going to be really bad. It's going to really mess with your kids. Even as some of you are the product of divorce. And you know, yeah, you made it through. And yes, God is healed. But it was hard. It might even still be hard. And of course, the banner, you know, I always think I need to, to clarify this. Even though if you've listened to the series, you know, there's physical abuse or nobody's telling you to stay under that ever go to a safe place and get help for sure but even so God can change a heart and change a life and husbands could it be that your house is in disarray because you've surrendered the leadership of your home that you've just given up that you fail to stand in the leadership position that God has given you in your home. Many have checked out and either left the home or surrendered the leadership to their already overburdened and overloaded wife. And as a result, families are out of balance. Spiritual things are not addressed. And Satan's having a field day among Christian families. Now, you might be a husband today and you're like, wait, well, Ed, it feels like you're putting it all on my shoulders. It's not on your shoulders at all. It's not on your shoulders. You're not to carry burdens God never intended you to carry. You're to cast your cares upon the Lord. He's going to enable you to lead your home in such a way where he will be glorified. So when you think about it, you go, well, it's all my responsibility. Listen, your responsibility is all your responsibility. You're right. There are no excuses. There's no excuses about working two jobs and 10 jobs and never being home and getting, there's no excuses. You have a primary responsibility 
as a husband to love your wife. That's the command here. Did you see it? Husbands, love your wives. In case you missed it, verse 28, so husbands ought to love their own wives. Did you miss that one? Verse 33, nevertheless, let each one of you in so particular love his own wife as himself. Hmm. Yeah, the biggest tragedy in the Christian home is when the husband fails to take the spiritual lead that God commands. Now, there are a few reasons for this. First of all, number one, I found that some men uh, refuse to take spiritual lead in their home because some wives refuse to be led. They just won't allow it, and they fight against every single inch. They won't give an inch. The wife simply refuses to be led by her husband. Maybe she's been leading the home for so long that now the husband wants to lead it. Like She's like, no way, I'm not giving this up. And there's a, there's a dysfunction in the home. That's a possibility. Maybe she lacks trust or doesn't feel the love and respect that she needs to yield. And like she was learned last week to submit to her husband. I, I understand that. Number two, sometimes uh, men fail to take the lead in the home because some husbands just don't know how to lead. They've never been taught. They've never been discipled. What does it mean to lead? And they didn't have a good model of it in their own home. Still other husbands just are afraid to fail. And they don't want to step out into something because if they fail, then they'll look bad and they'll be embarrassed. And, and I think another reason is just, hus just husbands just don't want to lead. They're just like, hey, it's fine the way it is. No big deal. And I'm not going to lead. But when you choose to not lead your home, men, you are living in disobedience. God, remember we learned last time, said that you are the head of your wife. That's what the Bible says. Not in, a, not in a way where you harm or hurt her, but in a place of responsibility. God has given to you in the order of the home a responsibility to lead your wife. And if you have children, to lead your children. And remember, you're not leading as the head of your wife as if you're independent and you're the final word. No, we learned last time in Ephesians 5 from 22, 23, and 24, we learned last time that Jesus is the head of you. So you too are under authority. I am under authority in my home, even though, even as I'm to lead my home. Families don't need to be in disarray, church. Your family doesn't need to be in disarray. It doesn't need to be divided. It doesn't have to be dissolved or end in divorce. Husbands, you can lead your family by loving your wife. That's where it starts, by leading your home. And wives, your role is to submit to your husbands as to the Lord. And your choice of willful and loving submission is an act of worship toward Jesus and obedience to his word and truly a gift to your husband, a gift to be received and enjoyed. When you choose to submit, ladies, when you choose to submit, you're, what you're saying is, I trust God, I trust that my God is larger than any situation and any person in my life. And so I'm going to submit to him and to those that he's placed in my life. And remember, we learned, and if you weren't with us, you should get the study. We're not talking about independent submission because we all live in a, in a realm of mutual submission. So there, it's not like, okay, the only thing a wife does is submit, and the only thing a, wife, a husband does is love. No, it's a two-way street. So the wife primarily has a need to be reminded of submission because that's a primary issue. That's a primary issue that comes from the fall a desire to rule over, a desire to be in charge. But men, a primary issue in your life is to love your wife and to give her the attention that is due. 
There is a beauty and dignity in submission, and there is a beauty and honor in loving in a loving, sensitive husband. And so three times we are told, husbands, love your wife, love your wife, and given a couple of examples. Now, as you look in verse 25, the word love, remember that the New Testament that we're reading right now was written in the common language of the day, which was the Greek language. So the English here is representing a Greek word that was very commonly used in the first century. Now, the Greek language has different words to describe. It's a very descriptive language. has different words to describe love, that, that back up that word love. Now, here are three primary words. The first word that's used to describe love is eros, and this speaks of sexual love. Uh, it's where we get our word erotic. The Bible isn't telling you husbands eros your wives because typically husbands don't have a problem with that. Typically. There's a second word that describes love, and you'll be very, this will be very familiar to you. It's the Greek word phileo. We get our word Philadelphia, and we know Philadelphia is the city of brotherly love. You'll never forget phileo again, brotherly love. Phileo is a brotherly love. It's a friendly love. It's a buddy love. And men generally don't have a problem with that with your wife, being a friend. That's not the word. The word used here is a word that was invented on purpose. It was not a common Greek word. It was invented from the church to describe the love of God toward his creation. Once again, another familiar word to you. It's the word agape. It represents a self-sacrificial word. Now, this word in particular is the verb form, agapeo. It's an action. Men Love your wives sacrificially. And that's really what it requires. Love your wives sacrificially. You see, most husbands don't have a problem with phileo. They don't have a problem with eros love. They have a problem with agape love in their homes. Our love tends to be very conditional. And God, if you're wondering what that love looks like, God demonstrated his love for us by sacrifice. In Romans chapter 8, verse, or excuse me, chapter 5, verse 8, the Bible says, but God demonstrates his own love toward us in that we were, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So real agape love shows up in the worst of times. I mean, it's great to love when things are going well. But even in our worst condition, the demonstration of God's love is really seen and felt in him sending his son to die on your behalf for the forgiveness of your sins. Love covers a multitude of sins. And here we have a demonstration where real love, agape love, acts. Agape love sacrifices. And agape love gives willingly. As we learned in a previous study, it's a million little things all day, every day. It's not the attitude of, well, you know, I told her I loved her on our wedding day. Isn't that enough? No, it's not enough. Well, you know, if she ever needs one of my kidneys, I'll be right there. Yeah, most likely, she's not going to need one of your kidneys, but she does need your daily love. It's the attitude of, you know, I'm a Christian. I'm going to die for Christ. And you might even have that on your car, the back of your bumper, you know, on your truck. I'll die for Christ. But we happen to live in a time and an age in our side, our, our culture, where most, if not all of us, have never been asked to die because of our faith in Jesus Christ. 
but a greater sacrifice is to make the commitment to live for Christ. God does require that every day, all day. And so it is with our wives. Husbands, love your wives. And he gives the example in verse 25. Just like Christ loved the church, he gave himself for her. He gave himself. That's a sacrificial love. That that is a love that has been demonstrated by Jesus for us. He says another example in verse 28. Husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. As in your own body, you take care of yourself. You make sure you're all taken care of because he who loves his wife loves himself. In many homes, there is selfishness and self-centeredness that has broken the bond of marriage. And it shouldn't be so. We shouldn't be in a place where our home is upside down because of our leadership. Men, the essence of love is sacrifice. Yielding your priorities and your goals to the service and sacrifice toward your wife. In Matthew chapter 20, verse 28, it says, Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life ransom for many. That's number one. There's four things I want to show you, men. That was number one. How are you to love your wives? You're to love them sacrificially. To think of the agape love of God. The same way you receive love is the same way then you give love. Secondly, we're to live spiritually. We're to love our wives spiritually. Notice again in verse 26, that you might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. Husbands, give yourself to your wife. Love her sacrificially. But also wash her with the water of the word, setting her apart as the special person that she is. She she holds a absolutely unique place in your life that no other woman holds. No other woman holds the position in place of being treasured in love like a husband's wife his own wife. And and that's thrown in, I think, on purpose. This isn't a general call to love everyone's wife. It's not a general call to be nice to women. Although those are great to be caring and loving and tender to, to other women. You know, obviously we don't abuse women. We don't look down on them. That's not what he's teaching here. He's saying, husbands, pay attention to your own wife. Spend time with your own wife. As we remember on this series, if you go to the app and you go to the website, we're going to add a bonus study that I just taught in 1 Peter on on husbands. And it's in Peter that he says, men dwell with your wives with understanding. And the idea of dwelling is exactly what you mean. Stay put, focus on your own wife, and study that woman the rest of your life. Study new and fresh ways how to love and serve her unconditionally. And so that study will be posted when this one gets posted. They'll see them up there on our app. But here you have a motive. And notice he says that in verse 26, that your goal with your wife is to set her apart and cleanse her with the washing of the water of the word. And you're you're like, okay, so here's what you do with your wife. If you don't want a place to start, here's what you start. Read the Bible and pray with your wife. 
And let me just say at the outset, because I, I shared this last night, Marie wasn't here, but Marie's here. It's a very hard study to teach when your wife is looking at you in the front row. <laughs> because I don't teach to you as a man that says, you know what, my home is exactly the kind of home you should have. Because this happens to be an area of reading the Bible with my wife and praying that has gone up and down in all 32 years of our marriage. It has been a challenge. It's been a challenge because of schedules. It's been a challenge because of when we go to bed. And I, but I'll tell you the biggest challenge is because I haven't taken the lead in this. Whenever I don't take the lead in this, it suffers. And when it suffers, my marriage suffers. I just, I can see it and I experience it. The real question is, is do I care about it? And husband, it's the same for you. Like, if you came into our office and said, you go, Ed, you don't understand. This and this and this and this and this and this and you, she did this and he did that. You know that we're going to stop you and say, stop, 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 stop. Are you guys reading the Bible together? No, you don't understand. He's a jerk. We'll get to that in a second. But, but are you praying together? And, and if he's not reading the Bible with you, you're not are you praying and reading because what I'm hearing right now doesn't sound like the fruit of the Spirit flowing through your life. Because isn't that what's needed in a difficult marriage? The fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Isn't that going to get you through the rough times? And if you both are off your game spiritually, then your home is going to suffer. But listen, whatever the reason is, husbands, this is your responsibility. This is yours. And it's an easy, it's one of those gimmies. I mean, there's so many gimmies in the Bible. It's just very easy. And yet, can be so hard. We're learning how to love our wives today on Abounding Grace, both sacrificially and spiritually. All of this is part of Pastor Ed's series, Family Matters. Well, Pastor Ed, you referenced our app today, mentioning we posted a bonus study in 1 Peter. I think this would be a great time to tell our listeners a little bit about the Calvary Church app, what's in it, and how to get it. Well, you know, the best way to stay connected with us here at Abounding Grace and our church family at Calvary Church in Aurora is our app. Our app is a tool that you have on your phone that you can use or your tablet anytime, anywhere. You can stream services, all of our archives are there. We send updates. We send notifications. We send encouragements. I mean, not too many, not too many a day, but this is how we stay in touch. Um, we want you to stay in touch with us. We'll stay in touch with you. Um, but everything related to Calvary Church is on that app, including our radio stations. Uh, we have full power radio stations here that reach all throughout uh, Colorado. 80% of the population of Colorado is reached by our station, Grace FM. You can connect with us there. Uh, there's so many different opportunities to stay connected with us. So go to your app store. The easiest way to find the app is just put my name in there, Ed Taylor, and it'll pop up, download it, turn on notifications. Let's stay connected. Uh, let's pray for each other. Uh, pray for me, pray for us, the team here, as we seek to reach the community God's put us in, but we also pray for you, that God would reach the community that God's put you in. Uh, and together, we're going to be used greatly by God so he gets all the glory for the great things he continues to do through our lives. Again, search for Ed Taylor in the App Store or Google Play, and there you'll find our series, Family Matters. Share it with a friend. 
Hey, this is Pastor Ed from Abounding Grace Radio, and I wanted to let you know that we just released another book. It's called Face Your Fears. And in it, I really want to encourage you with all the worrisome difficulties that are surrounding our world and culture today. I mean, perhaps you're feeling it yourself, fearful, filled with anxiety, wondering what's next, wondering what the future holds. As a pastor, I want you to consider God's faithfulness, His utter reliability, and I would encourage you to pick up a copy. You can get it on our website, calvaryco.store, calvaryco.store. And when you do, just know that all the net proceeds support missions and people doing the ministry around the world. And we would love to partner with you. Get a copy, get some first friends, and be encouraged in the Lord. Abounding Grace is made possible through the generous support of listeners just like you. And as we continue delivering God's Word one verse at a time, we're looking to our listeners for help. Together, we can reach people with the love and truth of Christ and make a difference in these last days. To make a secure donation, drop by AboundingGraceRadio.com or call 877-30-GRACE. Tomorrow on Abounding Grace, we'll again be challenged as husbands to love our wives as Ed Taylor's series, Family Matters, continues. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church, Colorado, here in Aurora.